Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, everyone, and welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State has officially entered the bye week 3-1 after a 44-31 win over UCF. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Monty, it was a great time. Before we get into it, we want to let you know we're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Monty, great win for K-State. Talking about a win is always better than talking about a loss, but man, the Cats sure look good on Saturday. They did, and let me first give you a shout-out for, for our listeners and, and viewers last week. You predicted that DJ would have uh, a phenomenal game. I don't know if you predicted that type of game, but <laughs> you did predict that he would be MVP, and he did not disappoint. It's funny with everything going on right now, as I was preparing for this, I couldn't help but throw in a, a Taylor Swift. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. That's what DJ said to he did. that UCF defense last week. So, yeah, he, he balled out, man. It was fun to watch. The stats, 207 yards rushing, over 80 yards receiving. DJ Giddens, K-State ran 82 plays, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Just a remarkable number. DJ Giddens was targeted or touched the ball on 40 of 82 plays. That's impressive. And, and you know, the best thing about it, the O-line wasn't, exceptional but they were good mm -hmm. and they were the o-line that we expected to see at the beginning of the season and they looked like the o-line that we know they can be but back to dj he showed spurts of dj and he showed spurts of deuce as well mm -hmm. there were certain times he was so patient in the hole and you thought the play was over and all of a sudden he accelerated and out he was he was gone he was gone or he was making more moves and he just ran hard he ran fast and he looked he looked good he looked good, man. It was impressive to watch. And after the game, we got a chance to talk to him. And if you haven't seen the interview yet, I highly recommend going on our YouTube channel and looking at it. DJ is a man of few words. <laughs> Jacob Parrish, after the game, called him the silent assassin. I like it. Um, apparently, he scored his touchdown, and, and the offensive lineman said he didn't say more than three words. He scored more touchdowns than words spoken in the game, <laughs> finishing with four touchdowns. Um, but he talked about there was a move that he threw in that game that he saw Deuce do. 
He said, I learned that move from Deuce Vaughn. I never really talked to him about it. I didn't really practice it. I watched him do it, and I decided to try it, and, and it worked. And, you know, DJ is a special talent because yeah. there's not very many guys that are going to be able to carry the ball 25 times, make eight catches, and just look like nothing happened, especially as a guy who had not even been really on the field for 50% of K-State snaps. Right. To play the entire game, to me, that was almost as impressive as anything. I agree. And he definitely showed the world, not just the Big 12 or, or the local fan base, he's a complete back, and he's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part about it for us. Now, I know in today's day and age, guys leave early uh, for the NFL, but I don't see DJ being one of those guys. I could be wrong, but I would love to have him for all four years. If that would be the case, we would definitely be thankful and grateful for it. He he was amazing on yeah. Saturday, and I want to I wanna talk about this because I think as amazing Amazing as DJ was, there were some play calls in that game by Colin Klein that after going back and looking at some of the film, it just it it, it makes you go, wow, like yeah. the way that they set things up. And right. he just out schemes um, opposing coordinators. We talked about it. UCF's defensive coordinators, those were two guys that were working together the first year on the job. Right. It really felt like Colin Klein uh, exposed the coordinators at UCF. I mean, the way that they were able to set things up Mm -hmm. and then come back. I I look at one of the touchdown runs DJ Giddens had. K-State, we know they love to run power. We know they love to run counter. K-State faked a counter. Mm -hmm. DJ Giddens faked a counter step, came back around on the on the whole side of the quarterback took it ran in for a touchdown and the whole entire defense flowed to the opposite side Um, and it was a wide open lane and he just had to walk in for a touchdown as amazing of a blocking um scheme scheme thank you as 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 that was it was just as amazing for colin klein to put that play into motion and have the guts to make that play call because if those linebackers don't flow then you're you're toast but they did and i mean that i have to give so much credit to colin klein yeah that goes back to a lot of film study by the coaches and also tendencies uh knowing the tendencies of your your, uh, the defense you're going against your opponent and also understanding that uh central florida ucf they had a bunch of athletic dudes on the mm-hmm. defense side of the ball. And, and Colin and the offensive coaches knew that their linebackers liked the fast flow. They were aggressive defense. Uh, they weren't going to sit back and catch. They weren't going to read and react. They were going to pull the trigger and go and be aggressive. And, and that play call uh, backfired on them for, for that reason because they were so aggressive and sometimes overflowed. It allowed us to cut back and because they read their keys. They read the guards, and they're going. And by the time they figured out this is not going this direction, it's coming here, it was too late. So kudos to the coaching staff and Coach Klein for preparing that offense. Like they did. And part of the reason why I feel like UCF had that game plan is because they knew that if Will Howard was a quarterback, he probably wasn't going to run. And <laughs> I just got to let everybody know, I was down on the field before the game watching Will Howard warm up, and it did not look pretty. Folks, it, it was bad. I, I, I didn't think there was any way that he was going to be able to play in this game. Um, I think K-State still could have won with Avery Johnson, a quarterback, just yeah. the way how things unfolded. Um, but I didn't think there was any way he was going to play. So when he did come out and have the performance that he did, 27 of 42, 255 yards through the air, he has the one interception. Um, but that's not what I looked at. I looked at the running game from Will Howard. He finishes with 64 yards rushing, two touchdowns. I was shocked at the end of the game that he was running the football. But Chris Kleiman went to him at halftime and said, in order for us to win this game, Mm -hmm. you have to run the ball. And he did. And 
it was impressive. Yeah, and, and the fact that he could run the ball and he did run the ball, that allowed us to do multiple things. Because if I'm a defensive coach and I'm a defensive guy and I know that quarterback is potentially injured, I'm not going to focus on him. So that allows mm-hmm. us to put an additional guy in the box to focus on the run game, which DJ had a phenomenal game regardless. But I'm saying to myself, we got to stop this running back. I'm not going to worry about the quarterback. And because of that, I'm pretty sure that's what you see I thought. Mm-hmm. Because of that, that allowed Will to get yards here and there and have some big games as well. So that was key. And he looked good running the ball. Um, I'm like you. He was gimping around a little bit, became game time. You wouldn't have known he was injured at all. So good job. It was it was cool to see because that is a guy that he is a gamer. Uh-huh. I mean, we knew that if he was warming up, there was going to be a good chance he played. But with him running the ball specifically, I, I feel like the offensive coaching staff looked at what those defensive ends were doing on the gives and every single time running down hard at the quarterback, probably because they've been told, this guy's hurt, he's not going to run. No. And so I think Will's first touchdown run was on a simple read option. Mm-hmm. The defensive end just caved right in and yeah. it was a walk-in touchdown for Will. His second touchdown, another read option play, very similar. Um, It was was interesting because that's obviously something that had been coached into the UCF players for this week. This is what we're doing. K-State took advantage of it. They also took advantage of UCF's inability to cover the tight end. Mm -hmm. And once again, Ben Sennett had a huge game. He wasn't the leading receiver, but he had a massive impact on the game. Monty, what Ben Sennett does every week never ceases to amaze me because he is a difference maker he is and and the good thing we have moving forward with ben and i know our coach is probably aware of this you can use him in different positions every week and he's going to make plays no matter what if he's on the line blocking um if he's an h back in the backfield if he's a traditional tight end going out on pass routes no matter what he create matchups um that's in favor favor for us he's, he's a matchup disaster for defense mm-hmm. you can put a linebacker on him linebacker can't run with him you can put a safety on him yeah they can run with him but he's going to outmuscle him and then honestly not too many defensive players in open space want to tackle him <laughs> one-on-one when he has a full head of steam so he is definitely a matchup nightmare for most defenses moving forward he doesn't like to be tackled yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like to be tackled yeah. we'll talk about the offensive line and a little bit more of an overview um in the second half of the show but i want to switch to the defensive side the run defense, once again, phenomenal. This was a UCF team. The highest average yards per rush, the highest rushing yards per game in the country. They're held to 143 yards, but uh, I want to say over 70 of those came in the very first quarter of the game on one run. Yeah. Um, K-State's run defense has been phenomenal. And again, every game, it seems like they give up one long run and it inflates the stats a little bit but for a team that averages over 200 yards rushing 143 yards against those running backs against that speed that might have been the most underrated part of saturday it was easy to uh to to lose all that in the victory and early in the game because they kind of had our head spinning a little bit that quarterback they had i remember watching them warm up and, and saying to myself I'm I'm not saying he's a Michael Vick, Mm -hmm. but he looked like a young Michael Vick. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go. We got a mobile quarterback. How are we going to respond? And not knowing a whole lot about the guy, he showed he was a special talent. And I think UCF is going to win a lot of games this year in the Big 12. So look out for that. But we adjusted. We we slowed the game down. And we dictated what happens, especially in the run game. And when we took away the run game, their passing game was not that great. Because although the quarterback was a great athlete, he wasn't great on some of his passes. And he missed because of that. So we um, reaped the benefits of that for sure. 
he was trying to throw the ball to K-State yes. a few times. <laughs> Jacob Parrish got one of those. Um, but he he was definitely a little bit indecisive with the throws. You could tell that he was a backup and yeah, hadn't had a, a lot of experience in that offense. But I agree. I mean, he's only a sophomore. He's going to be a guy to watch for UCF in the future. That is a really good UCF team. I, I mean, agree. this I is a UCF team that I think can win eight games mm-hmm. um, and contend for maybe even an Arlington. We'll see what happens the rest of the way it's for early. them. It's early. But their speed is yes. what I was extremely impressed with. Yeah, we talked about it, and I, and I, and I say a lot of time, people, when you think about Florida, you think about the Floridas, the Florida States, the Miamis, uh, even, even South Florida for that reason, and you think speed, 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 which is true, but you forget – just because UCF is not one of the bigger name Florida schools, they have Florida's a big state, kind of mm-hmm. like Texas. And the guys who don't get recruited by uh, the Gators or by the Seminoles or by the Hurricanes, they go to UCF and they say, hey, we're just as good as these guys and we're going to show you. And they got quality speed across the board. Yeah, they definitely do. And it, it was putting K-State in a bind at times. The one big play I want to ask you about came actually gave UCF their final lead of the game in the very beginning of the second half. Um, it looked like K-State was maybe a little caught off guard. They were looking for signals on the sideline. Yes. Um, but their receiver ran right past, uh, I believe it was Will Lee, was. Uh, in coverage. And, I mean, credit the quarterback. It was He dropped it right in there. Um, it was a dime. Touchdown. Are you concerned at all about the big plays that this defense is giving up? I'm not. And like you said, the one play we gave up, I could, you could see it on TV and in person. Willie was looking at the coach on the sideline. The ball was snapping. And the receiver released outside, and it was an easy pass. Uh, throwing catch for that. And I think it's each week we get better and better. Like people forget, Willie's new still. Mm-hmm. He's new in the system. Uh, the guy hadn't played a whole lot of uh, Division One football at this level uh, at this point of the season. He's going to be okay. And as we communicate more, they're going to be okay. I'm not concerned. The good thing is we got a bye week, and then we go into Oklahoma State week uh, down there on a Friday night. That gives us potentially a week and a half to get prepped and get more reps in, understand what's going on. So, no, I'm not concerned at all, to be honest with you. Special teams were a little shaky at times on Saturday. A missed extra point, a missed chip shot field goal, some holding penalties on kickoff. I'm kind of of the mindset the kicking thing will sort itself out. If Chris Tennant is the guy, he'll be the guy. If he's not, somebody else will step in and and take that role. But I do think the holding penalties – and some of the issues and penalties they had on the returns are something that can be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just lack of focus. I guarantee the coaches, special team coaches, rep that each week. And and the guys just have to make their mind up. I'm not going to hold. I understand my my assignment. I'm going to find a way to win one-on-one. That comes down to the players. It's not about coaching in that situation. You got to find guys who want to get that win. If you're a starter or a backup, no matter what, if you're on special teams, you got to take pride in it, and it's up to the guys to make that right. I will say, as much as the special teams had some issues, Jack Bloomer, a 61-yard punt. Brandon Plattner, the long snapper, yes. made an outstanding tackle. And that was a key moment in that game. Mm-hmm. He ran down the field, was the only one there. People don't realize this. If you're an athletic long snapper, you're usually never going to get blocked because yep. they just leave you unblocked. They left him unblocked. He ran all the way down, made a tackle in open space. I mean, it could have been a big return, but... Yeah, I do think special teams, special teams use what K-State's known as. If they want to be as successful as they have been in the past, they got to start getting back to that. Right. But overall, I mean, you cannot be displeased with a 44-31 win to start off conference play. A win's a win, and like you said, conference play. At this point, that's all that matters. I don't care about the first three games. This moving forward, each game one at a time. You keep winning. I like our chances. Well, we'll discuss this Kansas State team, some overarching questions, take a look into the future for this Wildcat team when we come back on the Friday Walkthrough.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Make sure you're getting into their locations. Manhattan and Overland Park get you some beef. Monty, let's talk about this because it is the bye week for K-State. Mm-hmm. Early this year. Last year it was in the midpoint of the season. On this show we talked about, all right, well, who is the MVP of the first season? What can we look forward to in the second half? Coaches probably did around the same thing. It was a nice breath. They could look at things, evaluate where they go for the second half. You really don't get that this year. It's after the first game of conference play. Yeah. How is that going to affect this season compared to last season? Well, there's a lot that you put into it. Normally at this point when it's a bye week, a little later in the season, we get younger guys reps uh, during practice, rest the starters a little bit. They're taking mental reps, um, and we also implement a few plays here and there that we may or may not use uh, later in the season. But this year, with us having a bye week this week and then playing a Friday night game mm-hmm. – the following week, things are a little different. I guarantee that we're prepping for the Oklahoma State game as well. But who are, who do you play out there, Oklahoma State? Texas I should know Tech. this. Texas Tech. Yep. And we're also doing a few things here and there uh, against Texas Tech. We're not focusing on them, but we'll throw a few formations in on offense and on defense to prep us for that as well. It gives us an advantage because we do have an extra day to prepare with the, this game next Friday being mm-hmm. on a Friday rather than on a Saturday. So that's a win for us. But this week, um, we're getting injuries taken care of, getting guys healed up, and we're taking a lot of mental reps uh, and getting ready for the game next Friday. What was the earliest that you had a bye week? I know I'm putting oh, you on man. the spot here, but Do can I... you ever remember a bye week being after the first game of conference play? It just seems unusually Even early. if I could, I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't remember, but I don't think we ever did, to be honest with you, but I know. I don't remember. I just feel like it, it must be so different for these coaches because I think TCU was in the same boat last year right. where they had played a consecutive amount mm-hmm. of games at the end of the season. I know people talk about that at, towards the end of the year. They've played this many consecutive. I just, I believe once you start playing, you kind of get into a rhythm. Yeah. I think the bye week is coming at a good time injury-wise for this team. Right. Christian Duffy obviously came back last week. Jake Clifton played, who I don't think we expected to see him. He mm. was able to go. Garrett Oakley, another guy, made a season debut. So there were some guys who came back healthy. Now they get that week. Mm-hmm. K-State should be pretty healthy yeah. when they play Oklahoma State on Friday. Obviously, besides Daniel Green, who's unfortunately done for the year, sounds like everybody's going to be healthy. So I guess you could say the bye week is coming at a good time. It is. For Normally, you would like your bye week to be later in the season because most teams are banged up 
later in the season. But like you just spoke on, K-State's kind of banged up for some key positions. So this is a great opportunity for us to get healthy, get guys going, and get ready to go on the roll um, before the game starts. But, yeah, bye week is bye week. Everybody goes through it. It's kind of hit and miss year to year. But the good coaching staffs take advantage of the bye week no matter what time it may fall. How crazy is it that it's 95 degrees out here in town (laughs) at the end of September in K-State's on a bye week? It must feel like fall camp for those guys practicing outside. The weather has been absolutely Ridiculous. Okay, I want to ask you a little bit more about the secondary okay. because big plays have been something that this team has given up mm-hmm. throughout the first half of the season. And it's been a consistent thing to where, especially against Missouri, yeah. you take those big plays out of the game, K-State win. probably wins by two scores. Easy. How do they eliminate? What goes into eliminating big plays? Communication um, and understanding each other. If you look at the last three years, our secondary, a lot of those guys played together for at least a year or two years together, and they know each other. And a lot of times you can give a look, you can say a certain word, you can understand, I know what he's going to do, so I can play off of that. We don't have that right now. And we're young in the back end. Um, I know Kobe's back there again, but he missed a lot of last year, and he's playing with potentially three or four new guys uh, that he didn't play with a whole season. Mm-hmm. So we're still figuring each other out. And the biggest part is communication and trust. It has to happen. And at that point, once they can communicate pre-snap and understand what's going on and then trust each other, they'll be okay. But until they do, we will continue to give up plays here and there. I feel like if there's any part of this team that can get fixed, it is from the defensive coordinator and the safeties coach and Joe Klanerman and the associate head coach and the cornerbacks coach Van Malone. Probably, you know, you look at uh, Chris Kleiman's Chris Kleiman's staff. Those are two of his top three assistants. The other one, obviously, being Colin Klein. Right. But those are guys who they depend on for things to to get fixed. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to get fixed, and it wouldn't surprise me if Will Lee, Jacob Parrish, Marquis Siegel, those are the three guys really that we're looking at. Um, those three guys elevate their game completely. They've had flashes. Jacob Paris has shown yes. flashes. Will Lee, same thing. It's just that consistency. Mm-hmm. With these coaches at their positions, man, I just feel like that can be a group that can take off. I agree. And going back to the bye week, this week can be a great week to go back to the basics and fundamentals and start from scratch. Not necessarily from scratch, but go back to pre-camp. And remember, hey, guys, this is what we do in this situation. And it allows Coach Klanderman and, and, and Coach Malone to remind the guys, this is what we run. This is why we run it. This is what expected of you. And we can do that throughout the week. And then going into next week, we can still prep for mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. But it's a great time for us to go back to basics, get things right, communicate, and move forward. And the thing about Coach Klanderman and Coach Malone, they are not some of the coaches that wait for the head coach to say, hey, get it fixed. They take ownership. They take it upon themselves. And they put pressure on themselves. And I have no doubt, kind of like you said, that they'll get it right. Another group that has had its struggles, if you want to say, in air quotes, uh, the offensive line. Another mm-hmm. assistant coach who I feel like is one of the top assistants who can figure it out is Connor mm-hmm. Riley. They looked a lot better on Saturday. And getting Christian, Christian Duffy back yes, helped a back. lot. Um, but I thought as a unit, that mm-hmm. was the best game they've played in a long time. Yeah. They, um, they got tested. And that's one of those things I think, like you talked about, they say they don't read the media. They try to ignore social media, but they hear it. Mm-hmm. And, I get, and there's a pride about it. And, and there's O-linemen. I know I always tell people all the time, all the years I played football, probably the smartest group 
uh, of, of student athletes and after after college as well were old linemen. Mm-hmm. Those guys are really intelligent people, but they got a pride about themselves, and they can be some of the nicest guys off the field. But when you when you try them and test them, they get nasty, and I felt like that nasty kind of showed last Saturday. Yeah, it did. And I, every time I watch Cooper Beebe, I just am amazed yeah. because he is truly one of the best college football players I've ever watched. Like if you go back and look at some of the blocks he made going up against a big nose guard mm-hmm. UCF had a giant nose guard <laughs> I mean he he had an outstanding day uh, the offensive linemen and the running backs go hand in hand mm-hmm. and so going forward Chris Kleiman said he expects Treshawn Ward to be back against Oklahoma State mm-hmm. how do you split up the carries now I mean after what DJ showed in my opinion not that it means anything mm-hmm. but I think he has earned the right to go out there and start the game at running back and if he is hot you roll with him mm-hmm. I I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I think they'll put Treshawn more of a, a slot receiver type of guy, line him up in the backfield, motion him out, pre-snap, and then go from there. Uh, you can always motion him back to the backfield, have him and uh, DJ back there. But I agree, DJ has earned the right to be the feature back, and I think K-State should ride him until the wheels fall off. And at that point, if he needs a break, give him a break, bring Ward in, uh, let him spell him a little bit, and then get your workhorse back in. People think of DJ as this bruising running back. Yeah. I honestly don't know what running back to compare him to. He's not like Deuce Vaughn, but he might be. I mean, the way he's so shifty and he breaks tackles. Yes, he's not small. Yes, he's not as thick as Deuce Vaughn mm-hmm. is. But he he has that running style. It's yeah. very similar to Deuce where if you get in the open field, he's not just going to truck you. Yeah. He'll make you miss. Yeah. And so I, I'd have to go back and see, um, you know, of K-State running backs who off the top of my head – that you know he compares to. I think the closest would maybe be Daniel Thomas. Um, that would probably be Daniel? the only comparison, simply in size no, and the no. way they run. But he's not like Alex Barnes. He's yeah. not like Deuce Vaughn. In recent memory, maybe that's who he reminds he's, me. He's, of. he's a tweener. I want to say he's like a, a mix between Daniel and Alex. Um, mm-hmm. He's not as tall as Daniel Thomas because Daniel Thomas was a tall big guy that could run you over and shake you in space. And But Alex was kind of more compact. He would run you over or he would run away from you. So, yeah, it's not really anybody that you can put him up right at. Maybe Eric Hickson mm. back in the day. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember Eric or not, but Eric and I played together. And Eric was another Florida guy yeah. that, could, that could run you over and, and then in space make you miss. So, yeah, you got, Rick got some film. Eric was a dog. He was a dude. <laughs> so. I, be- I believe that K-State's had a great, great showing of running backs. Yep. I mean, you go back 20-plus years, and, I mean, there's always been one running back at K-State mm-hmm. who's been that guy. DJ definitely looks like he's on his way to becoming that. I want to ask you about the young guys now. It kind of ties in with the bye week. Mm-hmm. But K-State has some young guys who are on the precipice of playing a lot. Yep. How important is this week for them? Um, very important. You get an opportunity to learn, kind of reset – we came off a win. That's the biggest. First of all, we got to win. Because mm-hmm. if you come off a loss, it's so hard to reset, refocus. Because, yeah, you're in conference play and you lose a game. And you're thinking, man, it's going to be the longest two weeks coming up. But with a win, you're excited. You got an opportunity to go 2-0 in conference. So, young guys, they're eager to learn. And and the, the, the group I'm looking at is linebackers uh, more than anybody else. I want to see those guys continue to grow because they showed a lot of flashes in that game in crucial situations that they came through. So I'm excited about the young linebackers. Jake Clifton, Austin Romain, the true freshman who mm-hmm. got the start. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Asa Newsome, a guy who played a lot of special teams, it wouldn't shock me to see Asa Newsome get in there some more yeah. uh, and start rotating in. Now that um, Austin Moore has kind of moved to being that leader, it would be good to get Asa out there and, and learn from him. Desmond Purnell, a guy we haven't even talked about. You beat me I to mean, it. <laughs> shout out to Desmond Purnell. And this, this goes in to what I'm going to talk about next. But Desmond Purnell. Topeka Hayden leads the team in tackles. Jacob Parrish, interception Mm -hmm. from Olathe North High School. You throw in all the rotating offensive linemen, four of them are all from Kansas. I mean, it just – the Kansas roots on this team, it's impressive because K-State has taken the players that they have recruited who were, A, maybe Mm. a little under-recruited. Not always the case, right? Some, some. Avery Johnson, obviously a big-time recruit. Right. But they're getting guys that want to be in the program, and they're developing them. That, I think, is why this bye week is so important. It is, and it's one of those things where I've been a believer of because I was one of those guys coming out of – although I came out of Texas, I wasn't highly recruited, um, but I was recruited. But it's one of those things where K-State coaching staff has always had a belief, and they – make a believer out of you if you don't believe it. They make a believer out of you and say, you know what, you're just as good as these four or five-star guys. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just your time at the moment. But when you get here and you play for us, it's going to be your time. And that's what's happening right now. Like you said, Desmond Purnell, he was a safety at Topeka Hayden. K-State put some weight on him. And um, I went back and watched the game on TV. After the fact, their announcers were raving about Desmond. Mm -hmm. And he earned it. And you talk about it, him and Parrish, both are sophomores and are young guys making plays. So that makes me excited for them. The defense has a bright future. Yes, it does. There's a lot of young guys yes, on that defense who can be really good. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show with this. Before we get to some predictions, I want to talk about the second half for this K-State team. I believe they can go on a run. We'll just say that. First of all, they play Oklahoma State. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll plenty of time to talk about that. That seems like a game that they should be able to win. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State is really right now. Then they play Texas Tech. Then you come home and you have some games at home. I I look at these next two games because I feel like, you know, coaches don't obviously don't look ahead. Right. But it's impossible to not see who's on your schedule the next two games at Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Two teams who have not had the best luck so far. Yeah. They can definitely win these next two games. I agree. Um, like you, I want to take it one game at a time. But we're not coaching. We're not playing. Yeah. So we can look forward. Um, K-State, if healthy, we can get on a four-game run mm-hmm. and be sitting pretty, quote-unquote, if we if we take advantage, uh, take advantage of the opportunity in front of us. The schedule home and away is in our favor, in my opinion. Like you said, Oklahoma State, they're not good right now. But it still scares me going there. Friday night, Friday the 13th, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Oklahoma State has the orange and black, so I'm pretty sure their fans would be uh, decked out in their, their black or orange or whatever it is. But regardless, they're not good, but they are still a power five school, and you can't just forget anybody. So that scares me a little bit, not a whole lot. But I'm comfortable with that. And then Texas Tech as well as a formidable opponent, but I like our chances. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year that Oklahoma State and Texas Tech would probably be two, if you're going to go on the road in the Big 12, <laughs> I mean, two of the top five teams you'd probably want to play right now. Right. People had Texas Tech as a sleeper mm-hmm. for the Big 12. I don't think that's going to happen. There's still some talent there, mm-hmm. but their quarterback's out for the year now, yeah, unfortunately. That's huge. That's huge. Um, for them, obviously, Oklahoma State quarterback situation is just a nightmare um a lot of questions around that program but man i'm telling you what it could be another special season i think so and i'm excited for you know uh, we've been very fortunate and blessed to be part of k-state football the last couple of years because if you look back we've been in pretty much every game that mm-hmm. we've played and fans get excited about it and nothing's different this year and uh with the talent we got when it gels when they get healthy when they communicate it's gonna be fun 
It is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Let's get into some predictions here to, to wrap up the show. No K-State game this week, but there is a pretty big game in the Big 12 I want to ask you about. That's Texas and KU. Um, KU going down 17-point underdogs. I have a feeling this game might be closer than that. I agree 100%. Um, I think Texas will win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a score because I don't know. <laughs> Texas defense is bigger, faster, stronger than last year, as is their offense. And I think Texas will use motivation from two years ago mm-hmm. when KU came into Texas and beat them in Austin and basically embarrassed them and stomped on their field and had a good time. So I guarantee Texas will remind, be reminded of that if not all week, yeah. come Saturday, they will be reminded of that. But KU is not a bad team. Uh, Daniel's a quarterback. He's a dynamic player. They got some good players back. And they they are getting better. Now, do I think they're good enough to beat Texas at home? No, they're not. But it's going to be a close game. Yeah, it, it'll be a fun game to watch. That's definitely going to be a game I'm going to be keeping track of down in Austin. So, to wrap up the show, I usually ask you for your MVP. But I'm going to ask you for a breakout player. A guy who can break out in the second half of the season. It can be a well-known name, but somebody you think is going to have a big impact on this team in the second half. Oh, man. Well, I want to say DJ, but he's already broke out. That's kind of unfair. Ah, ah, the Jackson kid. Mm. The Jackson kid. I think he, if healthy, can – because a lot of times attention won't be on him. And I think Coach Klein Klein and Coach Klein do a good job of – pinpointing and, 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 and basically making an exclusive player per game mm-hmm. that a team not expecting, so maybe him. I think Young Guy's definitely in that loop. He's he's one of them that's going to have a chance to step up. I am going to say Keegan Johnson. Oh, yeah. Keegan Johnson is a guy who has yet to be fully healthy, you're right, you're right. but they are trying to get him in the offense. Yeah. I think this week's going to do him wonders, and he might just come out and be one of the best receivers in the Big 12 in the second half. If K-State wants to be good, they've got to start to develop that receiver room. He's going to be a guy that they're going to keep an eye on. We appreciate everyone so much for listening to this edition of the Friday Walkthrough. It's been fun. We talked a lot about the Cats. Next week, we got a game to preview. K-State heads on down to Oklahoma State to take on the Cowboys. Congratulations on making it to the weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday. New CBS Monday. Federal agents! Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got it. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.